Hi, and welcome everyone to the 114th episode of Serum Rocks. Today, we have Michael Roth and Marlin Matnes to talk about Dataverse versus SharePoint. But first, hello, Heidi. How are you today? Hi, I'm great. Spring is finally here. The sun is shining. It's getting warmer in Pennsylvania. It's a wonderful day. How are you doing? Yeah, it's spring here in Sweden as well, so it's awesome. I love it. If someone wants to reach us, how can they do that, Heidi? They can add a comment at crmrocks.com. We're also on LinkedIn and Facebook, and you can tweet using the hashtag crmrocks. Very nice. So let's introduce our guests. So we have Michael. Michael demonstrates achievable quick wins and focus on 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 an overall strategy to sustainably implement the concepts of continuous citizen development throughout the organization. And we have Malen, who works as head of Dynamics 365 at Knowit in Oslo, Norway. She works with Dynamics 365 marketing, human resource, and the power platform. Welcome, Michael and Malin. Thank you. Good to be back. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me, us. <laughs> Let's start with you, Michael. What is it that you do? Um, yeah, what is it that I do? Um, I, basically, I'm a Microsoft 365 consultant um, focusing on the Power Platform and uh, change management and user adoption. So as you uh, said earlier in the, in the introduction, I help my customers to um, implement Power Platform and M365 as key pillars of their organization. In the organizational structure. So therefore, I focus on change management, user adoption, and in general, the people. I'm, I'm a people person. Nice. Motlin, what is it that you do? Everything CRM, basically. <laughs> so I come from, from the other side of uh, the Power Platform. I've worked with CRM for 10 years, about. And I... Um, I come in the, the model-driven app side and Dataverse side of it all. Michael, we're customers all the time. What's your last memorable customer experience as a customer? Yeah, I, I was thinking about that as a customer. Maybe it's not as a customer, but more or less as a patient. I was visiting the doctor's office earlier, and uh, I was checking up online on their, on their homepage when uh, are their opening hours. And it says something like 8 a.m., so I woke up super early and went there. And when I arrived at the door, I saw a sign hanging there. Oh, we are on holiday. Please check out our other offices. I was like, yeah, great. So I checked the other offices and uh, checked out their opening hours and went over there just to find another sign. If you have any symptoms in during these COVID times, don't come in, just call us. <laughs> And I was like, this is perfect. I checked out two websites and went through not half of the city. It wasn't that far, but still, I worked to the first office, then to the other office, and I was let down any time. I thought, well, it's not, not that hard to put it on your website. Like, give me some information about what's going on right now. That is my last customer uh -huh. patient experience. <laughs> yeah. So, Malin, what's your last memorable customer experience? I think actually the I'm, I don't know if I technically was a customer, but uh, Michael and I just did the Euro European Power Platform Conference, and that is a a paid conference. So even though we were speakers, I would like to say we were also because we we participated in the event and we attended sessions and everything, and they did an amazing job they they the organizers there were yeah memorable they reached out to everyone and asked how we were and if we had any feedback and this was their first event in the power platform and what they could do to make it better and what we thought about everything so it was just through through a very very nice um experience so you could say we were customers of their service or product the event, right? Yeah. Yep. That makes yep. sense. And yes, they were amazing. Yep. 
I have heard only good things about that conference, so I'll be sure to look out for that for next year because I wasn't aware of it until it like started. So <laughs> there's, I think a lot of events like that one has been holding out and waiting for, for COVID to end or, yes. well, <laughs> at least be reduced. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm doing an event in Oslo in a month as well. So I'm I'm which was supposed to be in January but covid happened and Norway lockdown and everything so uh, uh things are happening now which is really good. But the European Power Platform Conference was the first event of that kind. Yes. Wasn't, wasn't there before? It was a new new event format so to say. So Yeah. Yeah. So Michael coming from SharePoint and the M365 world. How did you get started with the Power Platform? Um, yeah, I said earlier, I'm a Microsoft 365 consultant. And that means for somebody who is not from that side of Microsoft, I'm from the SharePoint side and Teams and all these Office apps and services that, you know, that's what I do on a daily business as well as Power Platform. And it, it started, I don't know, a couple of years ago, now seven years or something, or six years, not sure, because... In the end, and to be totally honest, because I'm lazy, I'm really, really lazy, and I like to automate like processes that I don't have to do. And um, I think with the help of a friend, I some at some day uh, created my first flow, which was a tea timer to remind me to get the tea bag out of the out of the cup. <laughs> This was a serious uh, nice. problem for me actually in the office. <laughs> um, yeah, and that was the first first introduction to me with a power platform, a tea timer. And that is a lazy fantastic and... <laughs> first flow. Yes, it helped me so much. I still use it. <laughs> My husband and I's first was a push-up tracker in Power Apps. We built Ooh. a Canvas app because we were doing a push-up challenge where we had to track 100 push-ups a day for 100 days. Oh, really? And I don't know why that's so hard. But now on this fun little app, which he still uses, um, <laughs> you can just tap how many push-ups you did. And it accumulates it all for you and goes into an Excel spreadsheet. Oh, so yeah. you so you so you place the device under your nose, and every time you do a push up, you push the button with the nose. That's so smart. Yeah, but I like that. That's even better. It helps with the form. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So then you get the cadence as well, right? So you can right. sort of measure that <laughs> improvements. Very cool. Um, yeah. So that was my first experience with a power platform, and um, since I evolved because I kind of got hooked. Um, I work more and more with it, and my natural first kind of data source was naturally SharePoint because I'm from that part in the Microsoft world. Ooh. Yeah, it, 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 it worked kind of great. It still works great. And yeah, maybe to give the, uh, the, the title of the episode, Dataverse versus SharePoint, a little bit of um, context is... Um, I'm still working uh, with M365, but now more with Power Platform, more and more with, I'm focusing on Power Platform. And then you reach out to the community and reach out to different people and different views. And then came somebody who said, you are doing it all wrong. SharePoint is not a database. And I said, I didn't use it as a database, but a data source. And so we got into a little argument. Obviously, I'm talking about Marlin here. And, obviously, um, I won. <laughs> I will not comment on this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Malin, why do you think Dataverse is better than SharePoint then? Oh, no, I would I would never say that Dataverse is better than SharePoint. Never. To, it both has its uses, but you need to use the right thing for the right. Uh, yeah. So SharePoint is not a relational database, end of story. It isn't, just never. Uh, Dataverse is. SharePoint is for documents and everything. I would never put documents in Dataverse because they don't belong there. They take up too much space. Why on earth would you put them there? They belong in SharePoint. So you need both of them together but you need to use the right things for the right purpose. And, and um, yeah, that's important. So I would never, ever say 
that one is better than the other because they are both great and you need to work on both of them. So when do you think that SharePoint might be the answer if we're looking at the apps here then? I want to say that sentence that I always use, like in everyday work, it depends. <laughs> and I think it majorly depends on how you understand Power Platform and how you use Power Platform. Um, because as I said earlier to Marlin, Microsoft isn't very clear and focused about what is Power Platform about and how you should use it. Because if I think model-driven apps, Dataverse, and everything dynamics, this is basically built from Power Platform. And this is focused on the, on the huge processes, on the whole business processes. And it works great for that. It just works. If I see the Power Platform from my point of view as a, as a Microsoft Office kind of person, with every office license that I buy and assign to my users, they have a Power Platform license, but not for Dataverse. So they can't use Dataverse. So obviously, my users start to uh, use the Power Platform with what they have and what they are allowed to. And that is, as a data source, Excel, SharePoint, OneDrive, those things. Now, but that doesn't work for the business processes. I know a lot of customers try it and try to do it, but it's it's it always breaks at a certain point because those use cases are more aimed at personal productivity and not business productivity. And that's that's a very important point that Marlin and I reached an agreement upon after a long, calm and um, <laughs> agreeing discussion. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think I love uh, Luisa Freza. She had a presentation in Berlin and she said that when it comes to cost, because that that's one of the biggest things that any SharePoint or Microsoft person will say, well, it costs, it's so expensive. And she made the point, which I absolutely love and will forever use, that if you create an application that will not generate more than $5 per user per month, then why on earth are you creating an app? Because this app should help your company have a to better or do something. And does will that help you generate or save more than $5 user per month? If not, use Excel, use something else, use something free. I, I don't care. But if you're if you have a big system and it generates thousands of dollars or your sales process or your uh, project basis or your project structure or something like that, which will save maybe the company uh, hundreds of hours in labor every single month, then that $5 is nothing. Yeah, for every user. For every user. <laughs> but still, if it saves 100 hours, that is way more than $5. Often. And, and I think, um, so... When we finally came to the agreement that there are different use cases and different perspectives on that, then um, uh, we try to to put our heads together to to mix our views and see what we can learn from each other. And um, one of us named the session that we hold at the European Power Platform <laughs> Conference the noble quest towards model-driven app. And this was based on my journey towards model-driven app and Dataverse. So... Um, that's the thing. The more professional your app, your workflow, the bigger the, your use case is, you more that you drive towards that, the more you should think about Dataverse because a relational database is the only optional data source for a professional-made application. If you use, let's say, a T-Timer, for example, um, then you don't need a relational database. Then you just need something, I don't know, that tracks how many T's had, did I have today, like five or three, whatever. Yeah. Excel is, is fine. SharePoint is, even SharePoint is a little bit too big for that, but it works as well. I'm here. I went away for a while. I don't know what happened. If that happens again, just keep going. I seem to be having problems with So how did lately. you two meet and starting to, to discuss them? That that's kind of a fun story. I I got asked that by uh, more than a couple of friends in Berlin because we come from completely different backgrounds and we're kind of an unlikely match. Uh, <laughs> we we have different friends groups at events and we haven't really spoken that much together pre COVID. And uh, then COVID hit and the divorce hit. And uh, Michael was, we actually checked 
this up before Berlin as to where did we get started? I don't remember how. Um, and uh, Michael was kind enough to reach out uh, to me during my divorce and said that if I ever uh, needed anything or had uh, had any questions or to talk, I could always to him. Uh, and we started talking and we found out we had uh, a lot in common. Uh, not just divorce, uh, <laughs> also kids and music and everything. And now I, I think our our friend groups are more merging together. And because as Michael comes from and the office part, his his group is more the office MVPs. But Michael is now a business applications MVP, which is my crowd. <laughs> and this is so confusing. <laughs> You really have come to the dark side. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm still kicking and screaming, but uh, I think I'm on the way. Um, actually, and I just think about that, as I get the, uh, the MVP nomination for a business application, um, I got in contact with more people who are BizApps MVPs, and most of them come from the dynamic side, and I was totally lost because I didn't get any connection. Everything I do, even with the Power Platform, was like so totally different from everything that everybody else was doing. And I was like, duh, do I even belong here? That was really difficult, actually, for me in the beginning. But no, once... but you come with a completely different perspective. So all of us are coming dynamics first, model-driven apps first. Yes. Our answer to everything is build a model-driven app. But yeah. you have this unique perspective in our world. And I think it's a really valuable perspective. Absolutely. And it's a voice that we haven't had that we need. So thanks for jumping chips and coming to business. <laughs> well, we are all unique and we all have different backgrounds. And um, I think it helps if we put our minds together. That's why um, Marlon was super, super helpful for me to like uh, give me the different perspective. Like... To add this little story, how we met, the first time we met on Scottish Summit, I don't know, 2019 or something? 2020. 2020, yeah, maybe. Where I was completely lost. It was my first international event ever. And she just showed up. She didn't know me. She was like, hi, I'm Marlin. How are you? And it all started <laughs> from there. Um, yeah, but, but that really helped because uh, I have, from my office perspective and background i do have the end user perspective and background and an end user if you give dataverse to an end user he's like oh my god that's so many that, that's not for me i should have a little bit of technical understanding to handle dataverse if somebody with a dynamics background says dataverse makes so much sense why should i like beat myself with sharepoint on or with end users i think there are different audiences for both products and both ways for canvas and model driven apps so and in the end now they are finally growing a little bit together now that we can for some time now include uh, canvas apps and sites and pages in model driven apps which is really interesting yeah. not there yet but <laughs> i have built a one or two model driven apps so that's a funny story because that's when this is published it will be the last episode for everyone who's listening they will already have heard our story with Lisa Crosby about custom pages and the convergence about canvas and low code and the mold driven apps. So yeah, interesting. So what was the app about that made you progress from SharePoint and canvas apps into the mold driven app? Uh, there have been many tries, like with uh, Microsoft Learn and stuff, where I just try to build the model-driven app by by an instruction, and I did that, and it worked, but I didn't click in my head. And but I was getting this con, con uh, this is um, constant influence from Marlin, who was totally talking about like relational databases and tables and <laughs> all this, all these things. And I one day I found myself building an app, a digital contract app, so to say. I have a customer, and they um need to uh, put up a lot of contracts for employers. Sometimes 20 a week, they have like a lot of employers and a lot of people leaving. So they have a lot going on. And quite often they do that on the site and they don't have, um, sometimes they don't have uh, Wi-Fi and internet access. And what they did was they went with like a huge pile of printed out contracts. And for every employer they have, they filled out multiple pages, two times, one for the employee, one for the employer. And they... When they had the time and the possibility to go back to the office, they would 
put them in the office, they get scanned in, stored in SharePoint, and then sent out via email. And um, that was the app where I said, okay, what do we need here? We need like a lot of data about the employer. And we need that in some kind of a SharePoint list or let's say any other cool database that we have. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's basically it. We, we store that in like different tables, which are related to each other. And I, I had instantly had the idea how to realize this in a Canvas app and it, it worked flawlessly. But I remembered that Marlin said, whenever you have just data and one data source, if you don't need to bring in different data sources like in most um, Canvas apps, then it's time for a model-driven app. And um, there was the idea that, hey, would that be a good use case for that? Could I do that? Yes, let me help you. Let me click, click, click. Here we go. I said, okay, I didn't learn anything from that, but <laughs> yes, we can do that. So let's 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 get into some kind of, of uh, teaching and some kind of um, yeah, back and forth. Teach me how to do this. Which is which is always I, w- I was so proud because he he's been <laughs> he's been asking me to he's been saying I want to learn DataVerse. I want to dive more into DataVerse and and maybe even model-driven apps, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and for for almost two years now. And but it's it's always been, well, I, I need I need a user case. And I have of course said, well bring me any user case and I can <laughs> I can show you how you can use Dataverse for it. No problem. But I I didn't push him too much because I thought it was better if he just came to the realization. So I was so proud when he finally came to me and like, I have an idea. This might be Dataverse material, but I'm not sure. Can I run the the idea through you? And I was like, dude, I'm free now. Call me. <laughs> <laughs> and he called and we talked about it. And I said, yeah, perfect. That is the perfect match for, for Dataverse. And... I totally see you using Canvas app. You could, of course, also use model-driven app for it or do some back back office administration with uh, with the model-driven app, but Canvas app and everything and store the documents still in SharePoint because that is where they belong. So those shouldn't go into Dataverse. So um, it was a good it was a good start. And, and finally, it was... Uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I do a lot of training to to company. That is 50% of what I do now is training. So I do that a lot. But um, Michael is so smart, so it's uh, it's no problem teaching him. He just takes things and then he goes back and he comes back and say, oh, well, if I do this, no, <laughs> don't touch that. <laughs> so he uh, he really listens to me and he's a, he's a very good student. <laughs> Oh, come on. Well, <laughs> oh, it's a pain in the ass sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, in, in fact, I did build two different apps, one Canvas app and one model-driven app, and both work. I like the Canvas app more, obviously, because it looks beautiful. <laughs> and my, my, my customer actually don't have technical background at, or understanding at all. So I just give them the app, click on play, here we go. That works flawlessly. And yes, we had those teachable moments where she just said, use the standard tables, don't touch them. And I did. And two minutes later, it didn't work. And I said, no, not in this case. In this case, you need to do something else. <laughs> okay, here we go again. So it was, it is, it still is actually frustrating if you don't are used to the idea how, how, how tables work. And yeah, but she's very patient. <laughs> She can be. I can be. Thank you. <laughs> now, but now I think it's it's. I think both we we learned a lot from that, especially when to use what, when to use a Canvas app, when to use a model-driven app, and where are the um, do's and don'ts regarding uh, DataVerse or SharePoint as a data source. Yep. And it's so, helpful. at a high level, for people that are kind of new to Power Apps. How would you answer that question? When do you use Canvas apps and when do you use model-driven apps? I go first, I guess. (laughs) It depends. Depends. (laughs) It always depends. Do you have a license? Do you want to spend money? (laughs) No. Um, I think uh, I mentioned this earlier um, in a a sentence. If you have to connect multiple data sources, like, for example, your um, 
Azure, uh, Azure AD and Outlook and let's say SharePoint, some kind of list. Also, so different uh, data sources. You can do that very good in a, in a Canvas app. But if you, um, and, and Canvas apps work really great if you have a single person, like event registration. This is not a whole process mm -hmm. that you're going through. You have a single purpose, like, or book your holiday request, something like that. This is not a whole process that it needs to be done, but just one purpose. Then obviously, when the graphic user interface is really, really important, and um, that is when you should use Canvas apps. But you have to admit that you have to use PowerFX, low code. You have to write those functions yourself, and they can become very, yeah, well, Not low code. Yeah, <laughs> I agree, Melvin. I totally agree with it, that. Yes. It's not you just need code. to learn foreign language. That's yes, all. yes, and and I I had I actually had this discussion uh, yesterday with a colleague of mine because she's she's new in, in consultancy world and working with DataVerse and model driven apps, and we we have a case where we can build a Canvas app, uh, and she was like, oh maybe I can do that. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> very uplifting yeah yeah but no that is that is you don't code you don't use power fx uh that would kill every joy you have for trying to learn model driven apps and don't even go there right now because power fx is a code language it is not no code at all if you want to create a pretty app that works well in Canvas, you need to heavily use PowerFX. And that is, in my world and in my head, that is code. And I will never do something else. <laughs> That's a hill I'm willing to dive on. <laughs> but that, that is a comparison, even in, a, in the way you think to solve a problem. If you know how to relate that data to each other, then model-driven apps works fine. If you think, like, how would... I would do that in code, then Canvas apps comes maybe a little bit easier for you. Mm -hmm. But um, as you said, if you have a data-driven use case or whatever, whereas you just talk about data and not different kind of data like images and pictures and user uh, AD data or something like that, then Dataverse and model-driven apps is obviously the best choice. And you can use that and scale it up to very complex scenarios involving different stakeholders and different steps. So I always... Tell my customers, if you're talking about personal productivity, small use cases in the office world, in the M365 office world, then use Canvas apps and use those things. If you're thinking business scenarios apart, uh, over different areas, for example, and complex scenarios, and it's not important that it looks pretty or whatever, but it gets the job done properly, yeah. then it's model-driven apps. Absolutely. That's similarly to how I've described it too. So if you are mostly focused on the database you should start with model driven app and dataverse if you care more about the design the look and the feel the components the ability to like get your branding on there and make sure that it fits with your marketing that's more canvas apps so the database comes second yes getting your brand and branding and your icons in a model driven app is I don't want to say it, but not the easiest. Thing. <laughs> yes, that was the words I was looking for. Uh, can, can be difficult. Very cool. Have you ever heard the terminology from Microsoft that well, Canvas apps? It's a little bit like well, matching PowerPoint and Excel. Yes. Would you agree with that statement? Not at all. Not at all. From there are multiple things. Yes, PowerFX is based on the syntax of Excel. Yes, an if statement in Excel is pretty much the same as in as in uh, Canvas apps, but it doesn't stop there. I, I can't write an app with if statements only in, and uh, and, uh, and a VLOOKUP, for example. Yes, it helps, but it gets so much more complex very fast. And the point with a where they say PowerPoint, if like if um, developer friends of mine are sometimes a little bit mean and they say, if you build a Canvas apps, it's more like looky, looky, clicky, clicky. And um, they <laughs> they say that before because you use your mouse to um, to include new um, elements like uh, shapes and, and buttons and whatsoever. But and that is that is another difficulty I learned. If I'm used to use my mouse for creating an app, then there, there are a few downsides I didn't recognize at first. If I talk to a developer, they are not used to use mouse at all. You're working in a code editor and you're using your keyboard all the time. 
if you like edit different um, your shapes and your buttons in in Power App, and you type in the exact position on the x and y axis, and you you leave it like that using your keyboard, then it's good, and it stays like that. If you are using that mouse to move that button a little bit, then the whole code gets like refreshed, and you have to make it over. Not every code, but the, only the one of the one function, and that is that can be really really difficult and that is where many developers actually struggle with um yeah the comfortability of building apps and canvas apps especially i think saying if you know excel and powerpoint then you basically know how to build an app it sends the wrong message actually especially if i'm thinking about citizen development and in the long run fusion teams that sends the totally the wrong message so perhaps we should say instead then, well, if you know your domain as the customer and you know the, the process and the things that you want to do, then perhaps that's more valuable than the other parts then, the PowerPoint and the Excel. Yeah, yeah I would. But I mean, you still need to learn PowerFX. Microsoft is starting to help you with the natural language finding formula translation thing that they've gotten. But also, there are some good um, good blog posts about... Uh, who was that? Someone just posted about a complete power fx list cheat sheet yes matthew divini yes thank you which is will be a long list yes oh yes and he even found functions that are not documented they are not in the documentation Mm. and i was like why are there functions that are not documented (sighs) yes i i I'm sure we can send the the link and you can post it underneath. In the show notes, yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but that is something that is sometimes so frustrating. If I see all the beautiful Canvas apps that are out there, um, it's usually a developer building them and yeah. not a citizen developer or somebody without a technical background like me. And that can mm-hmm. get super frustrated. So frustrating. Yeah. If you want to do the real magic with low code, and you don't see the quotation marks yeah. in the podcast here, okay. um, <laughs> Then you should know how to develop apps that helps. Yes, it is possible even with Canvas apps for a citizen developer, but it's it's a different approach and you have different use cases by then. And I think Microsoft should get their marketing a little bit straight for that and get and help people. Yeah. And Perhaps on the it's... other side, you have the model driven apps, which you can do absolutely no code. I don't do code at all. I, I shy away from every code I try as best as I can, even though I technically have the developer certification <laughs> by some sort of magic, I passed that, but I, I still shy away from every code and I can still build model driven apps and make them work. And I, I, I won't say I make them pretty uh, because they, they work. <laughs> make them as pretty yes. as they can. Yes. Fully functional. <laughs> <laughs> but, but if we are talking about Canvas and model-driven and focusing just on the apps here and leaving all the other Power, power Platform stuff around, um, I, I think about my, my typical user, my typical customer and client who is non-technical background and wants to automate things in his or her in their daily lives. Should, should they tend to model-driven apps, which are no-code, but you have to, to really understand databases? Or is it like Canvas apps, which I think would suit more of their use cases, but you have to learn PowerFX. It's... Oh, I feel like it's none of the above. It's Power Automate. For that <laughs> <laughs> yes, but sometimes you need that interface, right? Yeah. 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 I, and and I, I, I don't think really the model-driven is a... Uh, for the users... To create never yeah i i like i i my last customer they were really eager and wanted to go in and they wanted to to tamper with things before we were done and i'm like okay so first of all no no way you're getting admin access to this while we are developing because you are going to destroy it i'm sorry she's a great teacher yeah 
Well, you can wrap that up in governance. I am always (laughs) honest and I always tell my customers the truth. Always. (laughs) But I did. Yes. Thank you, Michael. I, I did tell them that, but we are going to create a playground for you. So where you can do all of this that you want to do to tamper with everything and break it if you want and create apps and create fields and try to see how it is. But that will be in your playground, not in our developer tenant or our sandbox environment and definitely not in production because none of you are getting admin (laughs) into that. And before you start getting into that tenant, the, the, the playground, let's have two hours with training so that you know what it is. Because if you t- tell a customer here, go to make.powerapps.com and that's it, then you're, they, they will hate you forever because they will understand nothing and be like, but where do I go? How do I, what do I, where do, why, how? So we took two hours training with them just to say, okay, so this is one page. This is another page. This is where you add fields. Oh, now you've added it. Now you had to change the form. Now you had, it's, it's a much bigger process to get everything and as Michael has painfully learned there are always two to three different ways of doing the exact same thing and none of them might be wrong some are slightly wrong (laughs) more are more correct than others (laughs) so yeah it's uh, it's been it's been a fun uh, fun way and and I think without the proper training because I don't think a lot of people can just go into power apps, model-driven apps and say, oh, this makes complete sense. I absolutely understand how to do this. I, I just don't think you need some some training or some guidance of where to go. But you don't need to learn code. But everything yeah. else. <laughs> <laughs> still not code. <laughs> yeah, it's still a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like if, if you... If you're not into into coding and not into app development at, at all, then I don't know. I I change my I, I want to change my my data, change a table, and then I have to change the the form for that, and I have to change the view for that, and every time I have to not only save that but publish it, and that's <laughs> so unnatural. I never do that in any other kind of app. That's <laughs> ah. But I I don't have to tell any of my buttons what to do. They just work. <laughs> because you have the, you have the freedom to decide what you should do. <laughs> I have that as well. So, <laughs> really <see>. workbench. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it sounds still a... like you need both. You yes. need both the developer and the configuration <laughs> expert. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So that's the answer. You need both Dataverse and SharePoint, and it depends what type of app and what type of database or not database you need. Yeah. Yes. And, and and sometimes the answer is clear. Other times it can be either doesn't matter, and other times it's the other way. So it's it it really is the the worst possible answer ever. But it, it just depends on everything. <laughs> Wait, I think that's a standard consultant answer. So it yeah. can't be the worst answer ever. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on your use case. It depends on who is going to build this app and who is going to use Power Platform. So where do I go if I want to know more? Um, Michael, let's start with you then. I've added uh, Matthew the Devaneries. Yeah. Uh, complete list. Yeah, he is usually uh, he and his blog is somebody uh, usually is one kind of learning source that I always recommend because he has done everything that's possible with canvas apps and it's amazing he knows so much and when we're talking about community members um shane young is always a good source for learning everything about canvas apps i think he has like massive and lots of videos on youtube um also amazing but i think you can always 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 start with um, the learning pathways on ms learn yep. they're always a good source of learning um yeah so, but there you have the learning path from Microsoft 
some sorts as videos and blogs that is like for every kind of learning and learner mm-hmm. person you have different materials and that is where, where i started and most people in canvas apps that i know started like with those two names and the pathways yeah pretty up pretty set up and, and, and you mentioned lisa crosby I absolutely love Laser Crosby, and and whenever I do training for the the Power Platform, whatever level, I always reference to her video, to her YouTube channel because she is absolutely amazing and explains it in such a good way. If she you puts have technic- a lot of good content out, and yeah. she has a great style. I agree. Yeah, absolutely, my hero. <laughs> <laughs> If you know a way your way around tech a little bit more, April Dunham has done great yes. things, yeah. and maybe actually the whole PNP community because they have like samples of different um, Power App and Canvas App samples. It's really valuable. We can learn how to um, uh, reverse engineer them. So that's PNP always PNP community. Yeah, the M365 PNP community that is developed from the uh, SharePoint Pattern and Practices community, which is um, kind of driven by Microsoft itself, like a Sneaky little side oh. project. They come from SharePoint development and SharePoint framework, but now they're opening more and more. And this is a great, one of the best communities I've ever seen. And they have a sample mm-hmm. gallery for everything that you can write around um, developing in the office background, so to say. And you can use those samples and they pretty much are the, one of the best communities I've seen out there. I just learned about that today. I was on the Power Apps community call today. And they introduce us to all of that, which, by the way, that's changing to Power Platform Community Calls. And I think it's the third Wednesday of every month. So that's another great thing you can join. Yes, exactly. And on the PNP Community homepage, you can see all those community calls they have. Usually they are on Wednesday and Thursday, I feel, where I have my kids and I don't have time to (laughs) tune into those calls. (laughs) But they have a pretty good overview of what they have, like if you have... Power Platform, Office Development, SharePoint Framework, all these kind of things. They are valuable source of learning material. Yeah, And of course, and if you want to learn data versus model-driven app, Marlon, just give her a call. <laughs> <laughs> Here's her cell phone number. Call her anytime, day or night. <laughs> Might answer. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think... Um, the fun part is because Dataverse came from the CRM part. So any Dynamics consultant or any CRM consultant has worked with Dataverse for years. So there is a lot of good content out there for Dataverse. And it might be a bit hard to... I don't think I can... I can't think of many people that now are just doing blogs or posts about this is Dataverse. It's it's always connected to modern apps or mm-hmm. to Dynamics 365 or something. So maybe someone has a good um, has a good blog uh, on that. Uh, please do send it to me <laughs> on social media because I'm looking for one. And if nobody has done it, then the world is open and someone should start blogging on it. <laughs> Once again, we can um, call out Lisa Crosby and April Dunham. Yep. We have great introductions to Dataverse, like Dataverse in 20 minutes or something like that. Yep. And what's a model-driven app? So for a start, that's, that's also a good source, oh, yeah. as yep. well as the MS Learning Pathways. Yeah. Yeah. And for your listening, we're recording this on the 20th of April, but it's not scheduled to be published until like mid-June. So we're a bit time traveler here. So if <laughs> anything has happened between now and then, uh, that's why. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, so we're a, a lot of good things are coming mm-hmm. between now and then. <laughs> well... Well, let's not speculate. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Dataverse then. will be named something else, right? Not <laughs> that name oh no! Oh, <laughs> hopefully just, not that. I just caught Marlin on this call saying "fields" again. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I heard that too. Like no. Totally yeah. lost me there. 
Yeah. Uh, that's okay. Lisa on our on our prior session recording called them entities and then corrected herself. Yeah. We yeah. all do it. That's how yeah. you know we came from the CRM world. Yeah. Yeah. But funny thing is during our presentation in Berlin, Michael actually used fields and entities. <gasps> oh no. I don't believe that and it's not on record, so you can't prove it. <laughs> It's a shame you two don't have any chemistry with one another. Yeah. It's a lot more exciting if you got along well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah very fun. No, it's it, it's been very fun. It's uh, it's it's something I hadn't expected out of COVID to to find a new best friend, but uh, it's Aww. been it's been really good. So it's very fun. That's nice yes. to hear. So, do you have any public speaking? Perhaps this session again then. I I have scheduled a conference uh, in 21st of May. So that's been also yes. Yeah. That was probably amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't be surprised if Michael did present at that event. <laughs> Uh, but depending on when this comes out in June, there is Scottish Summit. And the European SharePoint Conference. Oh, are you allowed on there? Because we submitted this very session that we held at the European Power Platform Conference to the European SharePoint Conference. I don't mm. know if they don't let you in. I can smuggle you in like in my bag or something <laughs> because it's SharePoint, you know. I know. I, I put in a, a put on your SharePoint face. Yeah. I feel Marla, dirty. You can get it. I got into SharePoint conference. Oh, good. Good. Just have to change what you say a little bit. And we'll gang up on you. Yeah. Nope. I will. I will fight. <laughs> I know Michael will have my back, and and I and I know a couple of of people from Michael's uh, group will also be my my savior. So I'll, I I feel <laughs> there as well. <laughs> I might get knocked around, but uh, eh, it's worth it. <laughs> All right then. So who would you recommend as a future guest on this podcast? Question: Mike Mike Hartley. If he hasn't been on accessibility, Mike is an awesome person to talk to. Accessibility is a super important topic, and I think it's getting more and more important, especially throughout the last yeah. two years. Yep. And he, he was is... on this autumn, but uh, oh. yeah, accessibility is always interesting. Yes. yes. Yep. My head is just filled with uh, Canvas apps, Fox, right now. Well, well, they're like, allowed to come too. That's not an <laughs> yes, issue, right? Oh, someone who um, who I think could be very fun on the show, uh, Yannick. I was thinking about Yannick and or Carmen, actually. Yes. Oh, because Carmen! Because pick Carmen, Carmen, pick Carmen, pick Carmen. <laughs> no, no amazing. offense, to Yannick, but I absolutely adore <laughs> Carmen. She is brilliant and smart and beautiful and kind so i mean you can't lose having her on and, and actually <laughs> she she had a, had a presentation a session yes. uh just focusing on dataverse versus sharepoint yeah um she we is already amazing. had that episode recently yes. so perhaps that will have to wait a while uh, she, she she has like many more topics she is absolutely amazing yes. yeah, yeah. she was actually she has an old session about making apps pretty how to do this and how to make performant apps like how to increase your performance in your app what you should do and what you don't shouldn't do something hmm. like that she has many interesting topics she's uh, she just became an mvp a few couple of months ago actually one or two months or something. Congrats, Carmen, if you're listening. Yeah. She has to listen. I will publish this in my group, and she's part of that. Fantastic. <laughs> That's what friends do. Yeah. Yeah. She she is she is amazing. She yep. that would be my my vote. Carmen Azevine from yep. Belgium. Yep. Yeah. Maybe Yannick, we should write the name down. Yeah, Yannick would yeah. also be fun to have on because he has some some good ideas and thoughts and can yes. be provocative. <laughs> Yes, and he is, he is a little bit familiar, more familiar with the CRM side, actually. Yeah, he and and he's like basically all of it. he wants to learn it all. So we've talked model driven apps and and 
dynamic CRM and and everything. And he has he has some good ideas and um, and some good thoughts. I yeah. yeah, could be a fun podcast. Yeah, especially if you bring on like a good old school hardcore dynamics developer. <laughs> that could be the the fight of a lifetime. I mean, that would. <laughs> Fun. So we should have more versus then. So it's Dataverse yeah. versus SharePoint, <laughs> unmanaged versus managed, and then Ooh, <laughs> oh, that, nice that would be a big one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Power Automate versus workflows. Ooh, yeah, Heidi can battle that one for for Power Automate versus Logic Apps. <laughs> Come on, we can even scale that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three way. All right. So <laughs> so if we want to find you, Malin, where can we find you then? I'm all over social media. Uh, Malin Martinez, both uh, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, I have a blog pub that hasn't really been that active for a long time. But I'm all, always on, on social media and I, um, I, I'm basically everywhere. So just reach out if you have any questions or you want to start out with model driven apps or you want to learn more or you want to start with public speaking or um, anything at all. Yes. And Michael, you have something as well where we can find you then? Yeah, I always say on basically all social media, but it's usually a lie. You find me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's Michael, Michael, Michael Roth, uh, 42. I do have a blog with the same address. Uh, and I too have been a little bit lazy on my blog lately. I just moved it away from WordPress to a static site generator. And well, it's, it's been challenging. And yes, I do have a few speaking engagements coming up where I don't necessarily talk about Dataverse with SharePoint, but actually Power Platform governance, user adoption, and a little bit I try to enable the admins. Basically, what Martin told earlier, how to create the safe space for everybody to get around. So everything around governance and adoption are kind of my topics for the near future. Oh, I have to talk about Nordic Summit. Yes, please. Because that is in September. Uh, NordicSummit.info. That is an event in Stockholm on the 24th of September. And what will you be talking about at Nordic Summit? I'm in the event organizing committee. Very neat. So yeah. I will probably not be speaking. I will be busy doing controlling is all that, the speakers. <laughs> is that power platform focused? Yes, that is. Uh, well, you, you can also do the CRM parts of Dynamics 365. So Power Apps, Power Automate, Power Virtual Agent, Power BI, Dataverse, and the Dynamics 365 CRM. Which so probably the call for speakers would have ended by the time this shows air, yes. or sorry, by the time this... Uh, yeah, yeah. Thir 31st of May. But the tickets are open and you can register as an attendee. Yeah. So there will be limited uh, space. So when a lot of people uh, will go there, hopefully. Absolutely. Likely. I've heard it's the event of 2022. It's correct. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't submitted. I need to do that. Michael. Yes. <laughs> All right, then. So, Heidi, again, if someone, the audience, want to find us, where can they find us? You can visit our LinkedIn page. You can check out our brand new YouTube channel, which is brand new. So please follow us for all of these awesome episodes live, unedited, which is going to be really fun. Um, <laughs> and you can tweet hashtag CRM rocks. And we also have a Facebook page. Yeah. Or you could call and Malin directly as her cell phone number again. If you <laughs> <it before>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it will be in the show notes. Everyone go over there and find it there. <laughs> yeah. All right, then. And thanks for your listening. And um, yeah, see you next time on CM Rocks. <laughs>